Okay, episode eight. We're still here. You can't bring us down. Um, should I just start with what we? What's on? Yeah, the list? yeah. What's on the agenda? Well, there's death and dying as a possibility. Okay. I've been thinking a lot about like self-soothing mm. and wellness, which we were sort of talking about before yeah. we started. <clears throat> um, we never talked about Cliff Stoll. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's still some classics like, is there anything worth talking about? <laughs> Being born the wrong species, Ooh. which is one I, I think about a lot. Also, I came across this thing about quantum jumping with water, which I'm sure you're not going to think is real. But <laughs> uh, quantum mechanics is jacked up. Yeah, I figured you could talk about it in a more technical I, way, maybe. No, I I probably can't. Well, well not now. What, I um, what else? Difference. What else? The oh, soothing you, thing sounds good. What? Soothing sounds good. Do you want to start Self with soothing. that? <clears throat> yeah. Yes, I I have a topic. Um. <laughs> you look so shocked. I was just I was just like ready to go in to. All right, but we'll but, come back to it. No. Why is it so hard to do this? It's only we're, our we're eighth like episode. Our, our synergy. We're not. We're not synchronized swimming. Yeah, it's okay. I forgot about it already. You forgot the topic. Yeah. <laughs> you just had it. I know. What? That's self-soothing. Oh it's my, related. Oh my it, gosh. We'll okay. come back to it. I'm. I'm sure we will come around to I it. I don't know what's happening. But it's been an interesting five minutes. Um, okay, so <laughs> I was thinking about self-soothing because I was watching a video from a former, I think he was FBI, CIA, I can't remember. He was an agent that his job was to find spies, like detect spies and whatever mm-hmm. um and i he so he's talking about nonverbal body language and um right so for example he's so misconception you know people have felt like they've always said if you like cross your arms you're it's like a blocking yeah um pose but what it really is is self-soothing it's like a hug for yourself Mm. and he said that it's typically something you do more in public you don't really do it when you're alone you know which so anyways um i was thinking about that whole concept of self-soothing and how i think as I was observing myself, it's like every moment I'm sort of trying to maximize that. And some of my approaches are healthier than others, right? And sometimes it's more of a desperate feeling than other times. But I think for the most part, like that's kind of what you're doing all day, right? Yeah. Like self-soothing is a is is essentially like trying to calibrate your system to balance i think so uh, with the example you gave with crossing your arms Mm -hmm. in public i think i can see how it's related and at least mistaken because yes you're i would think you're more inclined to do that when you're like not connecting with someone Yes, exactly. So you're feeling some kind of discomfort level right. in some way. Yep. Which, yeah, which means yeah. you probably want it to stop or, you know. Right. Or you're trying to get through it or something. But typically a more um, a more telling sign of, like, disagreeableness is, like, pierce, or pursing your lips, like, Mm. pinching them in or 
um, like furrowing. Yeah, yeah, just there's that kind of expressive. What, what about like the like shaking your foot thing? All of it is. I think my understanding is a lot of it that is self-soothing. Yeah. And so any kind of like pacing or like rubbing or like hand wringing or anything like that yeah. is. What about hair twirling? Yeah. Same. It's it's all like soothing um, strategies. And then he made another good point, for, at least for his job. Um, there are like everybody has these those kind of tick kind of things that they're doing and so it can also be telling when he notices someone who is purposefully managing those ticks you know yeah and it's like a way that you might also be hiding something um so anyways i thought that was interesting because i as i thought of and as i was watching myself do throughout the day um I notice I'm just constantly doing stuff like that. So. Well, what else do you do? So. Um, I mean, there's obviously like the oral fixation kind of stuff with eating and drinking and whatever. And um, for some people, maybe chewing gum. Mm -hmm. I don't really chew gum. Um and then I also take advantage of like dopamine things like sugar or uh, processed food or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so the thing that I was going to talk about was okay. um, reward systems. Right. Right. Yeah. We've mentioned that a little bit before. Mm -hmm. And just trying to set up the right reward systems in my life. And it feels like so many things are just like unhealthy that we typically use to oh yeah um like food <clears throat> it's like even like i'll eat food when i'm not hungry and even though it's like i'm trying to make it so that i eat something that i won't feel guilty about writing down it's like oh it's still just excess calories that I didn't need. And I was just like eating right. to do something and to self-soothe. Right. I think at first when I thought about this concept that I'm constantly trying to self-soothe, I felt like it was negative, like mm -hmm. that I was kind of judgmental and it was a weird perception of myself in a way I never thought before. But then as I thought through it, I realized that that is what the body is constantly doing, right? It's constantly trying to, like, optimize and, like, stay balanced. So, and there's constant pressure, like, environmental factors and just, like, the grind of being alive that I think requires a lot of self-soothing, right? Just to kind of go through a regular day. Sure. Um, and then, of course, I guess as like a Western culture, we have a fairly like privileged comfort level <laughs> that we are used to. So, um, yeah, I think it's just like an expectation maybe that we've created. And like you were saying about the reward system, um, a lot of people use alcohol and food and shopping yep. and you know, and we have the ability to those things we have like infinity amounts of those things so, right um yeah everything feels like a drug and so how yeah. do you actually reward yourself in a way that's healthy or like it's mm. kind of it's finding those activities, I think, that are like skiing or just something you enjoy doing. And it's there's nothing obviously wrong with it. Like even for me or like I think a lot of people I try to avoid video games these days just because it's so isolating mm. and I can just rack up hours doing it. Um, 
and yeah. I guess the similar thing I do now is like I I play chess and that's an isolating thing I do on my own when I get home yeah a thought occurred to me also like almost everything is okay in moderation like what we've talked about and even more than moderation like very short bursts yeah like a few seconds a few minutes a few like amounts a few bites or a few sips of something um and i wonder if one strategy could be just like doing a series of small of things like small amounts like a video game could be hours of time but yeah you know what if you did like 10 things like that in an hour right um i wonder if that is kind of a more balance or sure. maybe even you get more well benefit. I, I think you um part of it's a self-improvement and self-confidence thing you um if you can commit like you commit yourself to doing i'm just gonna play video games for 10 minutes and then you actually do it then you prove into yourself that you can actually do that right so like i'm this i don't know if i've done that specifically but uh, something I did recently was I went to some Mexican restaurant for lunch. It was like, oh, man, there's like so many overwhelming options. And most of them I wouldn't feel good about eating. But I saw they have tacos and just my mind instantly went to, oh, I've got to get three tacos if I get tacos. So I can't do that. And then I was like, oh, I can just get one taco and then get a salad and that'll be fine. And then I did that and I was like huh that's cool I've kind of opened up this new neural pathway of like what I can do right. when I go out to eat right and like building in like small doses yeah. throughout the day right and I think that that's how I think about like the reward system stuff that we've talked about I think for me I think I need like stepping stones that are closer together at least until I can create a more like habit mm -hmm. from it. Um, and then of course the question is like what things should be totally like abstinent and what things can you do in moderation? Sure. Um, yeah. I think that could make a difference, especially with like day to day stuff that is hard to do because you don't like the process. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't like brushing my teeth. I never have. It's just like, I don't want to do it. Right. But I do it. But I got I got a um, electric toothbrush mm -hmm. and I actually really like the pitch of the. Yeah. Like there's the motor. Something soothing. Yeah. And. Like, sometimes I'll, like, sing while I brush my teeth. Like, I'll sing, mm. to, like, music to the pitch or whatever. And it's it's just, like, a way to kind of ease the stress of doing that thing. Yeah. Right? Or, like, maybe watching something while you're doing dishes or whatever. There's all kinds of ways to do it. Um, yeah, I had the same thing when I moved to my new place with, like, having brushing my teeth as part of my routine like my sink my i don't have like a bathroom countertop now mm -hmm. and so i i had like a visual cue before and i don't have that now so i like have to open up my medicine cabinet and um yeah it's just harder to start a new routine in a new place mm -hmm. or the same routine in a new place Why is it hard to do something we've done thousands of times? Is that weird? Um, it's like they probably talk about it in Power of Habit. I like it's the cue system. Because you can put um, smokers in different environments and then suddenly like it's fine. They don't they just don't feel like smoking. And then you put them back in a similar environment, back to the same thing. So is that like a commentary on addiction? Like 
the environmental yeah i think so factor. so it's not because right now it seems like our narrative is that it's like you're wiring like you're addicted inside your body i think there's i think there's both but the environment's probably a bigger factor than we've given it credit for hmm that's interesting well i i mean maybe that makes sense like the way if we're talking about smoking um like the equivalent of being in rehab with alcohol and it's like a different structured environment that is is built for abstinence yeah and why it's hard for people to assimilate back into their regular life i mean i I could just see that with the culture of a um like a retail job or someone working in a restaurant versus an office job and there's just like the cues are totally different like people just go outside to take 10 minute breaks all the time and it's like there's some or you see someone else smoking or are you saying it's harder (laughs) are you saying it's harder for like the retail or the not the office job yeah i'm Mm -hmm. i guess like that might just be a numbers game too is that i would say smokers are more likely to be in a retail job than a office job Mm. or maybe i got the conditioning on that probability wrong but i think you get what i mean yeah yeah um again that goes back to like something we've talked about before for me mentally it just is strange like i know what i should be doing like i know what an ideal day scenario is and like why can't i just like do the thing i've got to do like why would i get attached to some other option that's not sure the best option um well it's like taking taking advice from your friends on something or (laughs) what does that mean (laughs) Um, like even I, I don't know it, it can be similar like you know the right thing to do you know your friend's right it's like ah, I still want to do it though like and what is what makes us want to do the thing that isn't really like the best decision the, the, sorry, the example I'm thinking of that uh, I'm, everyone, I'm that the audience to, doesn't know. I'm scared to know what you're gonna say. Is uh, don't we can't unsay things once you say them. So I don't know what you're gonna say. It's about dating a pregnant woman. Okay. Um, and you just told me to hold off on that Mm -hmm. because I'm trying to get my life in more simplified at the moment. Right. You had talked before, like your goal in a lot of ways has been to like, simplify sort of refocus yeah and then that doesn't fall in line with that yes overall goal yes and my initial thought is like well that it seems i wasn't letting that part when i was at the point of yeah but yeah, I don't want to discriminate. That's that's fine that that she's pregnant. 
that like there's nothing wrong with it as opposed to like the is this the right thing for me so it's like it's like this sort of warped thinking that i had with relationships where it's like instead of thinking about is this right for me is like this a match it's like oh is there just nothing wrong with this person like you can always yeah like everyone deserves to be loved is the thing so it's just like am i the right person to for this other person right now right yeah it it almost sounds like being focused more on like concepts and social expectations which maybe is what we do when we don't want to do what's in our best interest personally maybe we're worried about like perception or we're just interested in a more immediate gratification like we have to play the long game like the odds are that we're gonna live a long time right like physically so you know why would I not do something that is like chronically beneficial like or whatever yeah. like something I have to do whatever chronic is in the positive connotation yeah yeah it's like I know I have to wash the dishes I should probably do it every day it feels better not to let them sit there right I have the soap and the sponge yep what's the deal like where's the problem yeah um I can't help you with that one <laughs> the dishes thing and and why do i get so put out by the five seconds it takes me to wash dishes because you're on autopilot all day and that's not part of your routine yet i don't know like i don't know if i'm on autopilot as much as I, i think a lot of people are like that's probably a true statement in general I think I'm just really, like, I just want to avoid discomfort sometimes sure. on, like, maximum level. Yeah, I think that's most people. Yeah. I think you're more on autopilot than you think you are. What What's making you say that? Like, what? Because that's human beings. We're, like, almost entirely running on habits, and we've got, like, these spurts of free will that we get throughout the day. I just feel like autopilot. Okay, so how are we defining autopilot? I don't think we're talking about the same concept. That you do things without thinking about them. Yeah, I'm without it being conscious. I'm I'm pretty conscious all day. Like I'm even like conscious when I'm unconscious. Like like I'm aware when I zone out and come back. Like I think I'm pretty I don't don't believe (laughs) I can tell with your nonverbal body language which which part was it the furrowed brow all of it pursed lips your fingers were Were twitching around you're like death gripping your leg um okay what so why do you think that Mm. or what do you think I'm doing like if you have any other How do you know? Where, what's your evidence? Um, I mean, I guess it's it's kind of not fair because it's based on my own experience. But I know how busy my mind is, and that I can, no matter how much I've like put effort into mindfulness, it's like, oh yeah, I totally just went off the rails there for like 20 minutes not not paying attention to what i was doing and it's just so common right um but i don't consider that autopilot that's what i'm considering autopilot yeah that's why i think we're not talking about the same thing like i think we actually are talking about the same thing but we're not using the same language gotcha well what what do you want to call it i don't i i mean 
there you're you're aware that you're zoning in and out right you you're aware that you have these times where you go off the rails and come back sure right yeah and you're you're remembering what you're doing throughout the day you're you're sometimes making decisions yeah. it's like you're feeling your experience i mean there's times when you can like drive to work or something mm -hmm. and just like i don't remember that drive at all and it's like you need things to like trigger you sure that's to kind remember of hypnosis it. yeah yeah mm -hmm. but i think one reason why i don't consider it autopilot is because like we're perceptive of what's happening like there are people who i think actually are not ever coming out of it they're not yeah. ever aware like their their perspective is pretty narrow but i'd say we're autopiloting during those times that we're not aware of it i mean yes so sure say i was autopiloting 20 minutes and then i became aware of that so mm -hmm. you were autopiloting three it's like right i guess my you're still doing it i just think the technicality is that i would not generalize with that term if it's that that kind of time like that amount of time and if you're aware and you're actively trying to do things to counter it i just don't think that's autopilot like that not as a lifestyle that's all i'm saying okay i don't even know what we were originally talking about now was uh, there we a, jumped around was there a point we were getting at what were you talking about before the mindfulness component of this I don't know. I mean, originally it was just like self-soothing and habit reward type. Right. Daily reward stuff. I think you brought up autopiloting. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what spurred that. Uh, we, we were on autopilot. I guess That's so. That's why we zoned out. <laughs> um, I think um, I had mentioned something about, it was something I said about being perceptive throughout the day or something. Oh, I think I was challenging you on yeah. your level of mindfulness. Um, I The way I describe it is like, I feel like I have a level of sensitivity, like I'm feeling a lot, like my my nerves and skin and like sensory experience is really strong. And like I I'm also pretty aware, like thoughtful. Like yeah. I, even even I zone out and come back, right? If I autopilot and come back. I feel still feel like there's a pretty like strong awareness level, but you were saying that wasn't real. So <laughs> um, I'll just take my 30 years of data about myself and check that out the window. Okay. <laughs> um, so what are you getting at? Why are you challenging? Why are you challenging? I don't remember why I was. Okay. Do you regret it? You're like, well, I don't know what else we were going to talk well, about. Well, you're like self-soothing, rubbing your eyes. So. Yeah. Okay. A little bit. I just think, in summary, in conclusion, I just think it's interesting that we're sort of constantly doing that throughout the day. I had That was something I had not observed about myself, about mm -hmm. how much that's really happening we're self-soothing yeah just even like those little micro movements and like little decisions that we make sure um and to consciously i think to consciously build in like the reward system like we were talking before um 
is a way to kind of like create um, like moments where you recheck in with yourself, I guess. Yeah. So I like that system. Sure. Yeah, I was wondering, do trained meditators like like self-soothe less? Are they just always they're more comfortable with just like whatever's going on? Well, it sounds like the way that a lot of I'm thinking of Buddhist monasteries um, it seems like their training and their the people that live in those environments, it's like intentionally pretty barren, right? right? It's like really stripped down and simplified and there aren't really opportunities for that. Um, especially if part of how you're meditating is sitting still or walking around or something kind of simple. Um Yeah, it. I guess there is a level of just accepting whatever the sensation is, right? Right. And not trying to change it because there's no reason to. <clears throat> and also not attributing judgment to whether it's good or bad or so. What else? Um, there's death and dying or cliff stole let's talk about cliff quantum jumping let's talk about cliff okay there's something i like about this guy um so he i guess is famous on youtube he's makes a lot of appearances in the number file channel and he talks about topology a lot and Klein bottles and he has like a business that he runs out of his home what's his background or what is um mathematics and astronomy and information security too oh okay so i just love his enthusiasm Mm. that was like contagious i like felt excited after just watching him talk um he seemed just like a very pure individual and just wanted to do the right thing like cared about the right mm-hmm. gave the right number of fucks about the right things okay um one of the things was this talk he gave i think it was at falcon con and it was there are so many entertaining moments there's one he asked someone for like chocolate milk four different times he had like a scratchy throat halfway through and then he was like chocolate milk and then they brought him out chocolate milk and he like gulped it down and was like more please <laughs> um i would i can't kind of came out of nowhere and it was great he's got like he's, mad scientist he's hair he's kind of quirky right yeah, yeah he's got mad scientist hair it's like white goes everywhere okay um just super into everything there's just like something inspiring about listening to him talk um one of the things i liked that he did was he made a big point about making moral judgments in the language you use when you're describing like a perpetrator he's like Mm. talked about some nsa interview questions he got and it was like he called it passive language in there and just Mm. like really stripped out any of the emotion to it Mm. and he was like here's the better way you answer those questions or ask those questions like what do you do to stop the bastard (laughs) like how do you stop the sob from screwing up your file system can we can we go back i feel like you're not saying enough information i need more context okay like what are we talking about talking about a hacker breaking into your uh computer system at work or something like that okay and so he's talking to the tsa 
GS, uh, NSA. NSA. Yeah. As like a consultant? No, as like being interviewed. Being Getting interview- a job interview from them. Okay. And what, why are they asking questions? Interview questions? Yeah. They're like technical interview questions. Okay. What do you do when, how do you minimize this risk okay. when someone, some perpetrator, they use some like soft wording for that. And he's saying they should be more direct. Yeah. And- Call it like make that it's important to make this moral judgment in the noun you use to describe it. Like use a noun that's charged. I see. Um, I thought that was really interesting. That is interesting. Do you, th- hmm. do you think that's kind of in general a problem? Um, like in other areas of government or systems? Yeah, I mean, that's just a really cool perspective mm. that like you get kind of get to choose what what you think is moral and what's not and Mm. throwing the label when it's like this is just so clearly it's yeah it's not this this guy's not a perpetrator this guy's a bastard for breaking in okay so why is the distinction important um i mean just the power with which you read the statement it's like it connects with you so much more. It's like there's some asshole that's broke into our system. Mm. That means has so much more punch to it. And you're like going to get pissed off about it. than like, oh, there's some perpetrator who hacked into our systems. And I see. I, you know, my my initial reaction is like. We always have such flat perspectives and shallow perspectives on perpetrators in general Mm -hmm. right and i think it's important to remember that often perpetrators are first victims of something you know so i i feel like that's a step we miss a lot in general when we're talking about people when we're I don't know setting up systems are, are you saying we shouldn't use I, the charge language I don't know I don't know so when you say that it makes me feel like well it just makes that worse the thing that I'm saying yeah it makes it harder to have a more like full multi-dimensional perspective on a perpetrator sure you know yeah we like great characters and all of our tv shows these days I and just, yeah. there's something like finding that level of because sympathy, I, empathy. I think i just don't think it's fair because i my perspective is that often it feels like it, systemic problems or things that we have created we have kind of push someone in a corner in a way we've like not done something to support them and then there's this like dysfunctional side effect and then we punish them again yeah and i'm thinking i don't know just crimes in general or well like i think here the context matters Mm -hmm. because for when you're the info security guy Mm -hmm. you don't really you don't really care what happened to this guy that made him so twisted that he wants to hack into your system and screw up everything and destroy economic value for your company. That's just like so beyond the scope of what your job is. You don't care. That's just. Is that anybody's job though? And I think, I think the answer is no. Which I mean, is the I problem. think that's, it'd be more like the criminal justice system. Right, but that they're not interested in rehabilitation. Oh, that's a whole other. Or you know, they're not interested topic. in. 
they're not interested in that component, right? Who's they? The criminal justice well, system. But is there someone specific in it that you're you're outing here? Oh no. I'm I'm just thinking generically like when someone commits a crime and we punish them, that's fine. Like, I understand consequences and whatever. But I don't understand why someone suddenly becomes like a one-dimensional version of themselves because they got caught doing something illegal and now they're like barely a person. They like... Back, there's like no backstory there's no it trumps everything it totally dissolves the complexity of the person sure and there's no path to redemption like right. you are you are forever that way after that no matter if you serve your time no matter if you rehabilitate yourself no matter what you do Ooh. yeah do you want to go down the um me too and um the louis ck kind of like Mm. just trying to get it back out there um sure so what's the what's the thing there like what's his path to redemption and can he be redeemed so if you make a sincere public apology if you do time for the crime, like if you're if you're caught for something and you have to serve time, if you serve the time, if you make an effort or opportunity to allow victims to make amends with you, if that's appropriate, um, if you acknowledge your responsibility within the apology, if you start showing a track record of changing or you lay right. low or you 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 stop doing whatever the thing was um i don't understand why you should be like shamed and punished forever right right yeah so i think i mean this is basically just Joe Rogan was talking about this with other comedians and felt mm-hmm. basically like, well, this is his livelihood and he's got to sure. be able to get out and do his job. So sure. what's, I mean, so what, like, I don't know if what the path to redemption is. It's like, okay, yeah, he can go a year without being in the news for sexually assaulting anyone or so he, I believe, if I'm correct, he made an appearance on SNL. And part of the skit was, like, him, like, applying for a job somewhere, like, just some whatever the company was. Mm. Um, I think it was Sprint or, a, like, a phone company. And um, he was sort of self-deprecating and, yeah, you know, talking like that. So I think that is a good start especially in that context of being a comedian right um but you also have the other side of like monica Lewinsky, where she's been like i mean you she's really the victim in the scenario but she's been presented as the perpetrator in a way right and she's been like relentlessly shamed for 20 years and no matter what she's done like nobody's been held accountable for that um and people are still like like doing that to her you know yeah and like people wouldn't hire her for jobs or people would hire her and then want like her to have the clinton's do them a favor for their organization right which is insane yeah it's like i that's insane want to get away from that i mean so i just think that there's a lot of versions of of the of that scenario and i just don't i don't understand like why 
after all this time, after like all of human history, there's like still no like good way to fix your mistakes. Like you right. can't in a well, way. Well, yeah, you can't take them back. Sure, of course. But you can try and live a good life from here on. And there are so many of us like the common folk <laughs> who are not high profile or not um, caught up in some kind of major sit- scandal or something. Like we do things a lot where we're not caught, right? And the worst day of the worst days of our life are not um, publicized, mm-hmm. right? So I think it's you know any of us could be in that scenario right in theory especially now in like contemporary times but most of us aren't being chronically punished for the worst thing we've ever done right so it just seems like bad luck in a way i'm not saying that people shouldn't take responsibility for things that they do especially if they're illegal and there there's some kind of punishment for it but i don't know i i think we forget the impact that we have on people when we victimize them when they're little and we don't take responsibility as a culture to help people work through that and then we get mad at them when they deal with it in a destructive way right so that's just like irritating to me because we could also like we could get caught in that situation too like you know you could be at the wrong place at the wrong time and the next thing you know you're like in some kind of high profile scandal sure i think um yeah that's the thing i want to get under get an understanding of is the regular people being capable of doing horrible things mm. um I, yeah i forget that jordan peterson loves to talk about that example with like um nazi soldiers and um how they got to doing terrible things and making it just feeling so commonplace and it's like they sort of felt this camaraderie and it was for the team Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's um well if you want to if you want to use nazi germany as an example i mean hitler was pretty severely abused by his father and Obviously, that's not an excuse for how things played out, but it is a factor. And I just don't understand why that doesn't hold any weight when people are talking about like events that unfold because of stuff like that. That feels like it's going towards original sin. Like, mm-hmm. why was Hitler's father mean to Hitler? That's what I'm saying. Like we keep hurting each other and then it the cycle perpetuates and it maybe shape shifts, you know? Maybe yeah. I don't hurt someone the same way I was hurt. Right. But it's like it's like that energy is never destroyed and I just keep passing it like we just keep passing it around. Mm-hmm. Whatever that is. Well, yeah, what's the you have ideas what's the solution i mean one thing to do is just recognize that like somebody dumped their pain on you in some way right Mm -hmm. it's not yours to begin with and you didn't deserve to have it given to you but i do believe you can neutralize it it's i think it takes a lot of work like Mindfulness is really a key, I think, to that. Like the meditation, mindfulness, like feeling through those feelings, like however you do that, either in therapy or just however. 
working through it and kind of burning off that energy. Are you smiling? What do you? Just pay no attention to me. Okay. Um, I'm here. My mind was it, wandering. Okay. It doesn't. This doesn't feel like a smiling moment. I was just so just wondering. <laughs> Sorry. So, um, I'll just self-soothe and. Okay, go for it. <laughs> um, I don't even know what I was talking about now. Mindfulness. I I think you can neutralize um, negative energy that's inside of you from sustaining trauma or abuse or whatever. Just your awareness of it? I think you have to, like, I think the pain is sort of stored in your body and it can resurface, right? Either it's triggered or you're you're creating the kind of safe space that it surfaces and then it's coming up so you can work through it and let it go. Yeah, I mean, I think it's having support, too, and just, yeah, having the awareness of it and then being able to surround yourself with people who can realize when you're going down that hole and pull you out when you're not aware. Right. But I would argue that... um like not everyone has support sure so i wouldn't count that as like a must yeah obviously helpful but if you're like in a prison cell or something you know if you're like in an extreme situation whatever it is sure you're not gonna have support or your support is unhealthy right I, I just think there's a way to do it on your own if you have to, which may be what it what has to happen. Yeah. Well, I think that's an interesting perspective that I thought you were going to go down a route with society has to fix this problem. And instead, it's like the opposite. You're just saying it's a personal responsibility thing. And I think that's I, the only way. If you try to rely on external circumstances, it's just never going to happen. I don't think. Because everybody has their own pain or baggage. Like, it just seems unusual that someone would be willing to. Like, okay, what I'm saying is what it would require from people people outside of you feels like maybe an unhealthy thing to ask right yeah and it could create another type of issue obviously like yes support right yeah yes i don't think that's a foundation though if i'm just thinking out loud and i think that's why it's hard to do because um it just doesn't it doesn't feel good and it may not actually have a source right it's like not your pain to begin with it was given to you by someone else so i got you i think about that a lot like i just think about um people that we demonize and people that we isolate ostracize from society right i don't i rarely hear about people saying like what i'm saying you know yeah i don't i don't hear it much and it's i don't know i'm yeah it keeps coming back to me that it's like the original sin thing that's just what do you do 
Because um, nobody like deserves anything. Nobody deserves like the good or the bad. Right. So why are we like withholding and, you know, We didn't deserve that. <laughs> I try to go. I try to give the police all the space in the world. I try to be very cooperative because I think that's such a hard job. Sure. I d- I feel like the sirens are a little too loud. Maybe that's just me. Not that I'm sensitive or anything. You are. So. Um. I f- I do feel good in this moment because um one of the gnats just drowned in my drink (laughs) and i i feel like that was like a victory man for me what about that gnats life so my understanding is that uh, bugs like have pain receptors they don't they do so they can feel pain and mm-hmm. i guess pleasure like in whatever simple way so i mean it, there's another one i don't want it to suffer but i will choose death every time yeah okay there's like five bugs i don't like that i want all to die what are the five? So there's like gnats, fleas, mosquitoes, flies. There's one. What's the coming other one? right now? And I don't know. I don't understand what they're doing. Like that's my. <laughs> that's my of issue, obviously. <laughs> I just, I'm not seeing the value. I'm constantly evaluating value. And I'm like, I don't get it. Oh, that's a complicated ecosystem. I know that. (laughs) Okay. But like, can't you just stay in your ecosystem? The ecosystem is not in this apartment. Stay outside. Also, don't fly my face. There's nothing on my face that you need small bug mm-hmm. why do I'm I get fading. so hung up on that what are you doing oh I said I'm fading um, alright should we talk about one more thing do you want to <laughs> talk about the quantum jumping thing I, and maybe I maybe I know something about it I, just, I probably don't I I don't know much, but I just think it's interesting because there are videos showing people like, I think there's different versions of it, but essentially you like have a glass of water and you can kind of meditate slash pray. They don't use pray, but that, that idea and you can write on a piece of paper like what's happening now and then in another glass you can write what you want to happen like maybe you don't make a lot of money and you want to make more money or whatever I don't know what the things are and you kind of like use the power like the secret I guess where you're you're manifesting it within the water and then you drink the water or something and then your your thing comes true how is this different than any other superstition what do you mean i don't i don't get where <laughs> quantum something comes into play here you just write stuff down on a piece of paper and then your dreams come true <laughs> i mean i missed something i told you i don't know exactly all I'm all I Jacob, can you like, look up quantum jumping? Quantum water jumping. <clears throat> so I think what happens is 
maybe the energy of your thoughts goes into the particles of the water. So they've done studies, like they've done studies where if you think of something that has like a negative charge, it will change the crystal shape or the shape of the water molecules into like an ugly form. If you think of something more positive and loving and whatever, then it will make more symmetrical, like beautiful things. Mm. So the water is affected by your intention. That's cool. Um, just looking at this thing. It's an eight-step process. Um, it reminds me of um, Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> it's like everyone's in new york and everyone's just like has lots of negative energy and that's causing all this yes these bad ghost vibes yes um so that's interesting it kind of makes me want to go down a route of like um what's that called physicalism or it's like is all there is in the world or all that exists can it be explained by physical things Mm. like what does that mean Uh, that's why it's complicated we need to we Uh, probably need to like talk about it more before we can really go down that route um Um, okay physicalism um there's other like philosophical things we should talk about too like um free will and compatibilism okay those get dicey because then people like it's one of those things where you uh i've seen some stuff on blogging heads where they talk about stuff like that and it's like they're so close to the same thing and that conversation gets so abstract but it's it's kind of like on the edge of what your mind can yeah can handle. Well, we might as well go there to the edge. I remember writing a history paper one time on compatibilism. Oh wow! Yeah. Like in what context of history? Um. It was around the time, like, Calvinism. Mm. We could talk about Stoicism. Okay. Different things like that. Yeah. And figure out what gnats are for. That's, like, the number one thing for me. Yes. All right. A lot of self-soothing on that. <laughs> um, I'm bad at hiding my self-soothing. That's totally. why I'm a bad poker player. Yeah, totally. That's what... The thing is that nobody can hide all of it. Interesting. That's what the guy was saying. Like, he was watching people play poker and talking about... He said one... One way that you can see people's tells and um, sort of ticks is to speed up the video. So then you can kind of see things happening faster. It's more obvious. Hmm. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, we're just really nonverbal. And don't even, we don't even realize what we're picking up, I guess. That was something I found was easier when I took some improv classes was the physical improv was Mm. easier. Just I could do that all day, but it's just like the coming up with shit that makes sense on the spot (laughs) beyond me. Yeah. 
Anyway. Are we Should done? We Please subscribe. We're not going to make any money anyways. <sighs> Leave comments. What else? Oh, hit the bell. Hit the jingle bell. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.